that's where our vision and purpose comes, is that we want to get more people moving and it's actually to um, raise the quality of your life, not to take it over. Hi everyone, I'm Hetty Holmes and you're listening to Hacking Happiness with Dose, the podcast that explores what makes us feel good to get those happy hormones firing. Next up, I welcome Joan Murphy, the co-founder of Move Your Frame, the destination for feel-good fitness with seven studios in London. In this episode, we talk about her road to building her business empire, how learning to tune into your body is the key to inner balance, the rise of fitfluencers, and her favorite self-care practices from essential oils to cow-cow ceremonies. I hope you enjoy. Well, Joan, thank you so much for joining me on the day's podcast. It is a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for having me. Now, you have created an empire of the business. You have a constantly expanding portfolio of studios. I, you'll have to remind me how many you've got now because it's a fair few. Uh, we've got seven. <laughs> seven, wow. I mean, you guys are going from strength to strength. And you were possibly one of the first boutiques that hit the fitness scene in London. I think it was back in 2009 with the Shoreditch opening. And I'd love for you to talk our, our listeners through what was going on in London at that point for the fitness industry and where you guys saw a gap in the market? Because I, I believe it's a kind of similar story to Dose in that you, you were frustrated that there wasn't like a kind of a fun, feel-good um, destination for fitness goers and there needed to be. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we started in Shoreditch in 2009. And at that point, there really was just the gym market. So by that, I mean like the big box gyms that you think about and um, females typically didn't have many other options to kind of get moving. I'm from New Zealand and kind of it is just part and, and way of your life. So you hear the boys say that they'll go to five aside and people would say, oh, you know, have fun. You know, oh, yeah, you're going to the pub afterwards. Yeah, yeah, I am. And if someone, typically a girl would say, oh, yeah, I'm going to the gym, they'd be like, oh, yeah, have fun. And, and there was a real negative connotation around it. And it was it was quite startling for me because obviously I'm from New Zealand and, you know, we'd say, hey, should we go for a run after work on Tuesday or grab a pizza afterwards or should we go and do this? And and I think it was just kind of part of life. And don't get me wrong, I enjoyed the pub culture when I moved here, um, but I did feel after a while that it was I wasn't feeling good and there was, and there was something else missing. So... You know, Frame, when we started, was very much um, a few a few yoga studios, um, the odd Pilates place, but definitely not this term boutique studio. And when we started, we very much believed it was just a pay-as-you-go place, which you had to produce a good product because otherwise people wouldn't come back because it was pay-as-you-go. People shouldn't be tied into it. And we really wanted to go after people who weren't typically sporty, because that's really what the gym market catered for. So people who wanted to dip in and out um, and fit around people's lifestyle, because obviously a lot of people had gym memberships and didn't go. Absolutely. And it's you have a real wide range of classes, don't you? Like from 90s raves to aerobics, really like fun, fun, feel-good classes. So how did you come up with those ideas? Yeah, I mean... So we have kind of, we call them like categories or genres and sort of typically there'll be between three and five studios per location. And we, and we sort of approach it from open classes, meaning anyone can go, um, and things that you probably would 
like to give a go, but you don't want it to be too technical or you want to go and just be told what to do and have fun. So there's kind of a spectrum there. So within that, you'll get exactly like you say, like 80s aerobics. So it's music themed. Is that going to get me excited? I kind of know what's going on. Boy band bar. Um, but then you'll just, you'll get yin yoga again, because again, it's about fitting into people's lives. What do they need at the time? And the variety. I mean, let's be honest. It's 85% women and women need variety, right? We don't want the same thing all the time. So you can move around the different, different categories as you want. Yeah. And when, let's go back to like 2009, when you, when you launched your first studio, were you, I don't think you were quite a mum at the time, but you became a mum through the, the process of launching Frame Studios, right? And like, how did you find that being, you know, business owner, launching a startup and moving like 100 miles per hour and then having a family? Like, how did you balance it all? And like, what sort of reward did you get from, from Frame, which is, I guess, your, your, another baby, you could call it a baby. So like, how yeah. did, yeah. I mean, to be honest, it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> um, so Pip and I, Pip's my co-founder, for those of you who don't know, um, we were sort of 26, 27, both working in advertising, you know, 100 miles an hour, hadn't really contemplated the fact that it was a seven-day-a-week business from 6.30 in the morning to 9.30 at night. So it was full-on and all-consuming, and um, we didn't have a huge amount of work business experience prior so it was all hands on deck to start with um i had my son uh, in 2013 so we'd been operating for four years and i think you know it was a really good thing for frame because you had to put processes in place you couldn't be um answerable to everything and plan for a period of time off so i think for for like letting go of the reins, you know, you hear some people say, oh, you couldn't let go, you know, I guess we hadn't really thought about what that looked like or needed to, but actually it forced that thought process. Um, and then Pip had her son nine months after I had mine. So we kind of almost did a role swap. So we had to pick up for each other and that, and that repeated again for our second children. So I guess, uh, it was good for Frame in one respect because we had to relinquish some control, but it was difficult because um, it was our business, it was growing, we had to do fundraising, we had small children, um, and again, it was a seven-day-a-week business. So I guess, I mean, for those people who are juggling, you know, it is hard, and, you know, I don't like the word balance because, let's be honest, we're all sort of you know, like swans, you know, we're kicking madly underneath trying to figure out, okay, what's the next move? Um, but I think it's really important with kids that, you know, you can um, sort of manage your way through, keep your career going um, and realise that, you know, certain things for a certain period of your life. So when they are six months old, you are only going to do your family and your work. Um, but as they get older, that does change a bit. Yeah, and you've created a whole other section to your business, haven't you, called Mumhood, which is specifically targeted at like new mums or pre-postnatal. And it's that kind of safe space, that community where you can kind of talk to them about all the things you learned as mums and offer specific classes targeted to the pre-postnatal body. Which, yeah, um, yeah so that really benefited your business hugely, I imagine, because you reached new audiences. Yeah, absolutely. And really it was around a discovery phase because, you know, I knew that my friends and family in New Zealand stopped doing things um, just because they were pregnant and they're very much still active. And 
the advice at the time here was very outdated. Um, so went on a bit of a journey of understanding the you know physiology of it, getting qualified and ensuring that actually you understand, well, just because you're pregnant doesn't mean you can't do things you were doing before. And then to be honest, more just about sharing that knowledge so that people kind of in that frame life cycle, people who were coming to frame were getting older, having children, um, really around, you know, sharing knowledge and, and safe knowledge around fitness. People, you know, a lot of us, you know, do it for our mental well-being. Um, frame's mission is to get more people moving more often. And it didn't seem that you could fulfill that mission mm-hmm. if someone got pregnant and you were like, oh, now you did not come to class anymore. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> educating them into like how you do modifications, how safe things are at certain periods of their um, pregnancy, etc. So it was kind of a natural flow, to be honest. Yeah, and a, a really nice way for members to make friends because it can be quite a lonely journey, can't it, when you're pregnant or like, post-baby especially. Um, so you can actually bring your babies to some of the classes, well, in in, the, in real life classes, that is. <laughs> when you're allowed to have them. Yeah, yeah. I think um, it is. And I think that pregnancy phase is really, is really different for everyone and everyone experiences pregnancy and um, postpartum very differently what I found was great is because I was teaching the pregnancy classes when I was pregnant and I could relate to people and I could understand more around what their needs were what their insecurities were which meant that we could create a better better product for people but also you could connect because you understood Um, and sometimes you go to a a baby group and maybe you don't have like-minded people and I think that's the premise behind frame is that when you come to frame we are going to work hard or have you know when it's not going to be an easy workout but it's going to be fun and everyone takes it with the same frame of mind and is kind of there for the same reason and I think that's the same for anything that's specialist you were in there with like-minded people so I actually met some really great people um same like postnatally rather than sitting around and just eating cake and having a cup of tea, you found some other mums who wanted to go out and do some exercise and meet other people. So, yeah, I guess it's like anything, isn't it? It's community and it's about like-mindedness and people that you can kind of relate to. Mm. And Frame is very big on its community, isn't it? Like you call them framers. and framers. You've, you've, Yeah, and you've had a very strong strategy from the beginning, haven't you? Like doing kind of experiential like, events and like mm. bringing people together. Like how, how have you done that? Like has it just been organic uh, like over the years or have you put in quite a lot of focus into building a community? Is it like being a key I mean, part? I mean, it's, it's an interesting one, right? So a community yeah. needs to um, build itself, but you mm. need to have the seeds to start it you know you need to have some ringleaders in there (laughs) you need to sort of um get the person who's happy to put themselves out there but I think the thing with community is it's different in every studio and what people want and why they're there so you know I think the thing with London because we're only in London for listeners uh who don't know us is it's very very busy big place and you know when people come to London and maybe don't know people or they're freelancers and maybe they work on their computers all day you know that you could be their only interaction that they really have that day maybe that's outside of their boss um they might be in a flat share they may not know the people so it's really an emphasis around talking to people like you're their friend you know they're coming in and treat them as you'd want to be treated as a friend 
um, because, you know, it could be a big lonely place for people, you know, trying to make their careers, you don't know what's happened in their days. So I think that community side is really around kind of nurturing and people taking people on a, on a, on a journey to feel good. Mm. And how do you feel about like the the fitfluencers out there? Like, do you feel like there was a, a big spike maybe after the fitness boom, and now you know brands like yourselves are starting to see through them a bit more and are actually more ho- focused about building an honest community than relying on these kind of just these huge Instagram accounts to get across certain messages that you want to perceive? Very loaded question, that one. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I won't bag anyone who's trying to get more people moving because that yeah. is, you know, truly what I, I want people to do is to get yeah. people moving. Um, and if it took a fitfluencer to get someone to start, I think where I, and this is my personal view, not friends' view, my personal thing is that it's not qualified information. So that does worry me because, you know, people take it health um, recommendations from people who probably don't um, have your qualifications to do it. But I think anything that's going to get people moving is great. I think people now can see through the fitfluencer. I don't think that's just the industry itself. Um, you know, we've never, we've never paid for models. We use real framers. Our campaigns are all front of house, clients, trainers. So from the very, very beginning, we've, we don't do, you know, we don't Photoshop things, you know, we're very much of a, this is about how you feel. If you make the, you'll make good decisions. Mm. If you feel good, you make good decisions. So I think with the Fitfluencer, like, yeah, there was a peak. I'm sure there are more coming through um, constantly, but I do feel like people understand that they need to try and get qualified advice more than they did say five years ago. Mm. Well, I hope so. Yeah, absolutely. And like, and 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 diversity is is getting a is a bigger question now, isn't it? About like, do you have enough diverse representation in the business? Is that something you're coming up against as a as a business owner yourself? Yeah. So um, inclusiveness and and diversity has always been in Frames values. So we are very much we we strive to be an approachable business, and I think you can't be approachable if you don't have those within it. Um, it's not just about how you speak to people, but it's who you have within the business. Um, and diversity is a really, really big part of it. So we've just completed our um, first DNI survey of the whole company, sort of benchmark. We set pledges last year um, as to where we want to get to. So if anyone wants to have a look, check out the, um, we've got a whole link on it on the website. Um, and I headed up with uh, another another lady in the team, and you know it's it's been a tricky time. I'm not I'm not, not going to sugarcoat it. You know, obviously with recruitment freezes and not being open, it's quite hard to find out. Well, initially I thought, oh my god, how are we going to make any change? But actually, once you start digging under the surface, there are loads of things that you can do. So, for example, we've done things like change the way that we recruit, change where we recruit. We were um, probably lazy in terms of recruitment in the past because we always had more CVs than jobs. Mm. Um, But what that meant was we were actually shutting out a big portion of people So, um, because we would get more of the same people. So, you know, we've really taken taken a big decision with D&I in in frame. Mm. Um, but But I also think it's what your brand stands for. So, you know, we can't say that we're approachable and inclusive if we don't take action which I feel you know varies brand to brand 
Yeah, absolutely. And and being two female founders, how have you navigated the health and fitness space and been able to innovate? Have you come up against any barriers yourselves as women? And like, how have you tackled those? Well, it's a big one as well. No, sorry. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's it's a really interesting one because as female founders, it is tricky. You know, you already touched on the the, the um, part of being a mother. You know, and this is no disrespect to you, obviously, but like you wouldn't ask a man, oh yeah, you had a child while you yeah. were working, and yeah. it's really interesting because um, I'm more than happy to share like my experience with it because you know to help other people um there is really there is some industry some parts of of being a founder that are difficult in terms of areas like investment um property um those sorts of things and I think our industry as a whole um has very little female representation in any awarding bodies in um positions you know senior leadership positions and what upsets me the most is that actually, in in some respects, it's like there's no women there, and then you look at the diversity, and then it's just embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like you know there, there is a lot our industry doesn't do to promote either of those. Um, so yeah, I think we've got a long way to come. But female founders, you know, you have you you've got to got to have your um positives as well um you know we have a very good culture frame in terms of you know promoting people so you can do what you can do I guess yeah and do you find it really helpful having someone to bounce off having Pip like that other person in your life in business yeah like... I mean I definitely think we had children at the same time I've got three and so that totally helped because at least we both understood the journey that each other were on um, I've spoken to friends who have had business partners who haven't had children at the same time, and that's caused a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and conversely, if it's maybe a female, male, or um, or other combination, they've got a business partner who's having a partner, uh, having a baby. Um, so I think we were lucky in that respect that we went through that same process at the same time, mm-hmm. um, because it is a massive change yeah you yeah, know it is huge change and like you say and then there's like the recovery process as well and then there's like you're used to dealing with one person aren't you and then suddenly they have other ones around them that you have to take into account and yeah, yeah. so it's just a big and, change and, and and it's not you know as you know as an as a mother you know mm. no two children are the same mm. um and you can react and respond differently and experiences can be different i think um it's a really great process because I think you can um, empathize and understand a lot more about other people's situations because all of a sudden it's not just you. So you kind of get, okay, well, my son or daughter feels like that. I can see how like, this could be like this for somebody else at work or, do you know what I mean? So I think that's why I think diversity on all fronts is really important because unless you have different people's views or experiences, how can mm. there be a whole, whole holistic approach to something? Yeah, absolutely. Here at Dose, we are dedicated to finding hacks to transform your mood, whether that be a natural energy boost or something to help you find your inner calm amongst the chaos. That's why we created our Mood Mist, harnessing the neuroscience of scent to create a modern aromatherapy range to change how we feel. Ready to bliss out? 
Why not try Smells Like Yoga for a sense of instant calm, perfect for getting you in the zen zone before a yoga class or simply to unwind on an evening. Made using soothing essential oils like lavender and lang lang, this spray reduces stress and boosts libido when you need to make time for rest and relaxation. Or if you're searching for a pre-workout boost, Hit Me Up is the ultimate gym bag companion, guaranteed to get you raring to go. Uplifting scents of orange, lemon, lime, eucalyptus and bergamot will fire you up for class or focus your mind and banish brain fog. Simply spritz around you and inhale for an instant lift. Dose mood mists are the wellness weapon you need and are available at shop.whateveryourdose.com. So getting to, um, so going back to the, the class concepts that you guys created, I love that one of the search uh, categories is, is by mood, which is great. We talk about that a lot. Those obviously with the happy hormones and all that. Um, so like thinking about your own mood and, and how you keep them in check, like what are the some kind of self-care uh, rituals that you do yourself to make sure that you're in the best headspace you can be? Wow. So that's an interesting one. You can link that obviously in with the um, the parenting while doing a full time plus job. Mm. You know, I think you know we we are all too hard on ourselves sometimes, and we expect ourselves to be at full full peak form all the time. So for myself, you know, I've always moved for for mental health. I've you know I grew up doing a lot of exercise. Um, and it's the number one thing that will always make me feel better, even if it's going walking. Like, it was bizarre. Like, the first lockdown, I used to like go for like an hour or an hour and a half walk. I have never been a walker, ever, a run or cycle or whatever. And I think that's just listening to your body and understanding your moods. And it was such a stressful period for everybody. You know, think back to last April and thinking about your hormones. You know, I didn't have it in me to be pushing myself any further. And so for me, just moving, whether or not it's just getting up and going for a walk um, or running. I've just taken up multi-sport again. So I've like properly going for it now. Whereas this time last year, I was just like, I can just do some frame online, <laughs> Pilates and walk. <laughs> um, but yeah, self-care things I do. I, um, I do a lot of magnesium baths. That's kind of my escapism post-bedtime. Um, I enjoy a cacao ceremony. If I don't have time and I'm sitting at my desk and I've had a busy morning, I'll make a cacao and have a little cacao ceremony. Um, what other ones? For listeners that don't know what that entails, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I know Sarah mentioned that you like those. Oh. But so what does it entail? Do you make a, like, it's like a basically make a hot chocolate made of cacao and then you sit and do some meditation? Is that yeah. what it? Yeah. Yeah. So prior to kids, I used, you know, you have all the time in the world. Yeah, And, you know, no disrespect for people who give people like an hour-long process that they can do for their morning. I don't have that. But a cacao ceremony is basically a cacao with uh, either hot, with hot water and you can even put, like, I use cane pepper because I quite like the spice. But if I need to mellow out, I'll put some um, cinnamon in it. And really it's around um, intentions. Some people like to journal. I prefer to meditate. It's just taking some time. Um, to connect really and I think it's like having that I don't know if people know about um, Atomic Habits um, if you know that book it's amazing and it's about habits and habit stacking you know it's a thing that like okay I have not had I've had a busy crazy morning or I haven't had a chance myself I make the cacao drink so basically a dirty hot chocolate um, <laughs> for those who don't know what it is 
and then that's my ritual that kind of is my habit that then I take time out nice um, and then um, if I'm on the go I use calm you know the app the calm yeah. app yeah. yeah so that's kind of the on the go and if I'm sitting at my desk and I need something or I'm kind of at home I'll go for cacao yeah do you do you come across this you know the woo woo wellness term the fact that it, I guess like over in LA New York five six years ago they're big on this stuff like caca ceremonies and I don't know moon rituals and like all that stuff and it, now it's it's strip feeding over here well it's kind of mainstream here now why do you think that is like why are we more interested in that side of wellness now like in your opinion I think it really elevated at the first lockdown, personally. I think so at Frame, we linked in a lot with your mood. So you would have seen the mood filter that we had. Um, we'd often have, uh, you know, Easter was a good time to do a cacao ceremony because you related it to chocolate. Um, and, you know, we've often done uh, rituals around like uh, yoga. We would do the odd full moon type class. Um, or affirmation workshops but I think it's become more mainstream because we're searching um, for probably a bit more purpose especially with the current pandemic um, and I think in terms of fitness there was a huge push what four or five years ago it was all about hit training and I think a lot of people broke themselves um, I know a lot of people broke themselves um, and I think now people are sort of thinking okay so that I can see this is about health my health and that includes my fitness as opposed to I'm here to lose weight and burn the calories don't get me wrong like you know you overindulge and you you think oh it's probably not that good for me but I think people are seeing it slightly more as a wellness health you know kind of sector as opposed to and stress sleep um people are you know searching for things to fix Mm. um and I guess it depends on what kind of works for you um yeah and like for me the cacao sort of side is just really around I guess the habit and the process because mm. I find it difficult just to sit and journal and so that's kind of brings in a process for me it's a mm. thing that you do and then it gives you that time out and, and, also, has, you, and also it doesn't have a stopwatch because you like you, you do it during the drinking of it and then you kind of move on as opposed to I'm going to meditate for five minutes and you put your alarm on. And, and that defeats stop. the point of the whole exercise. <laughs> you know, trying to get all like lucid in your mind. Um, and what, what about things like CBD? Do you use that at all? Yeah, I do actually. Um, yeah. I'm into all these things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big, um, oil, like a essential oils fan. My, yeah. um, my mother-in-law in Perth is as well. So it's great. We like, share recipes um <laughs> but yeah cbd i definitely do i think it's it's all about the quality of the cbd though um mm. and i only do the drops under the under the tongue um but i definitely definitely um use it at those times when you're in that sort of fight mode <laughs> when you're just like ah um yeah. yeah i mean i would prefer to go to those kind of mechanisms and i do definitely find like when we go back to the endorphins and what does your body need? You know, like I said last year, I did a lot more Pilates during the lockdown because I didn't need to raise my cortisol levels. Mm. Um, and knowing that, you know, doing anything like box fit or hip training or, you know, dance cardio, we're, we're really kind of just pushing me over the edge. 
So I think for me, you know, I, I just listen to my body more and, you know, CBD is, is, is a good um, antidote rather than like going in for a fast run and then crashing. <laughs> Yeah, but like you say, I mean, you've got that awareness, haven't you? In the nature of the job that you do, like you can read your body like that. You know exactly what it needs. Whereas a lot of people out there probably don't. And so they think that by flying into a very high intensity class, they'll get that little boost and, you know, it'll carry through through the rest of the day, not knowing they're actually putting quite a lot of stress in their body, more stress Mm. on top of stress from their jobs or whatever. So I love that's what you're doing through Frame is educating people about the moods and like giving them more of what they need. Yeah, and I think on that point, I think that's where Frame has always been and this is where we kind of started it out. It's like, yeah. you, how does it make you feel? So, you know, and and if you want the best for yourself, it should be variety because not one, one thing is not going to be the best. Mm-hmm. You know, you can train for a marathon, but you're going to get um, an, a repetitive strain on something because you haven't been strengthening your hamstrings in your glutes therefore you get a sore knee so um you know I, i'm a really firm believer in this is this is the premise of frame and what pip and i created is that actually if you want to be healthy and you want to feel good if you do a little bit of everything then you don't need to worry mm. so i think you know it's fine to go and really push yourself if that's what you feel like but make sure that it's not that's not the only thing that you do so mm um if you yeah like I say if you want to do like box fit um and arse and abs maybe balance it out with a dynamic stretch or a bar because Mm -hmm. actually then you're going to make sure you get this sort of holistic view you're going to take in the breathing elements from from another class you're going to get the cardio you're going to get the strength and then I think it's a better longer term approach to it which is an easier way if you don't really know how to tune in to your body <laughs> yeah definitely and I, I love the sort of language you use at frame as well like local endorphin dealer those kind of expressions they're great do you and pip come up with those yourself yeah i mean we we do well we've never used outdoor like our agencies so mm-hmm. we're very much an internal team um in the in the beginning it was definitely pip and i but we have more people in the team now to sort of come up with those but i think i think it always comes back to um borderline cheeky um but again trying not to be exclusive so i definitely say that's something that's harder to navigate these days i mean i do look at some of our original marketing and think oh my god but it's a process and it's we're evolving and i think it's really important that you know as a brand we do evolve but we also think back and reflect and be like okay so these are the things we probably didn't do so well Mm. a let's never do that again but b how do we take that forward in terms of making things more welcoming? Yeah. And how do you see the fitness industry evolving post-pandemic? Like quite a few studios have shut down or they've amalgamated into, into kind of in one. Um, do you see it kind of that happening more and more as businesses kind of being swallowed up by other ones and creating other well, hybrids? You know, I think it's inevitable that the longer this goes on, the more that will be which is super sad I think um I I just you know this industry has been decimated because you have got so many people who have fallen through the cracks um, yeah. with the government schemes so I think we've lost a lot of talent from the industry like in the trainers and those sorts of things um yeah 
So I think there will be there will be some more that won't won't survive. Um, yeah. And but hopefully you know hopefully kind of joining together rather than closing for good. Yeah, let's hope so. It's been such a weird time, hasn't it, for for the industry? But it's great that you guys have been able to kind of survive, stay strong, and look after your community in the process by offering them online classes and outdoor classes. Yeah, and I think that's the future. Is that you know, my, my, myself included. You know, I um, I really dip in and out. So I try and have like a monthly focus. So when you're mm. saying sort of what do I do, mm. I'll be like, okay, because I don't have a very long attention span. So I'll be like, okay, so this month. I need to like want to get stronger or mm. this month I need I want to uh do a minimum of three classes online but live stream so I'm pushed harder so I kind of just set myself things on a monthly basis and the only reason I do it on a monthly basis is because it reminds you to do it mm. <laughs> so you ask oh, first month what am I doing this month so <laughs> literally like that so um I, I think that's a good way um, it, to kind of mix things up, but also sort of so you just don't fall into your old habits. Mm. Someone says to me like, oh, yeah, it's fine. So I run through 5Ks three times a week. And I'll be like, how long have you run three times a week? 5Ks. Mm. Oh, like two years. I'm like, do you get it all tired? No. Do you ever feel your muscles? No. It's like you're not mixing it up. <laughs> so maybe... <laughs> <laughs> run and then why don't you try and do like next month try and do two strength sessions and one run session and they're like oh my god I can't move you're like yeah that's because you're working your muscles up so <laughs> so I think um going back to that I think it's 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 a like short-term goals is a really good way especially going through this period and I think hybrids like people are going to look for in-studio experiences along with like something that's local, um, something that's online. You like you hear about omni-channel marketing. I think it's omni-fitness, where people will, you know, cherry pick from either the the best, the things that suit them the most, the things that are providing things for their what they actually need. Because are you time poor? Does it have to be like? frame on demand so it's at the time exactly a 20 minute class exactly the time that you can do it mm. or is it motivation from frame live stream because it's going to get you out of bed to do the 7 15 breakfast bar class mm. um or are you like planning to go to the office on tuesdays and thursdays and those are the two days you're going to go in the studio do you know what i mean i think i think people are going to evolve in how they how they use things yeah absolutely and I mean it's it's sad to say but I guess people are there's so much choice now isn't there so they they're not going to be that loyal I think the, the fitness customers become a lot more fickle haven't they? they they're reluctant to kind of sign on to one gym membership because there's models like ClassPass that allow them to kind of flit between studios but then I guess once you've got them then then you've got them right they is the beginning point is when you've got your chance to kind of win them over I guess and if if they're gonna if they like your offering, then hopefully they will be loyal. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've like in about forty five percent of our online users aren't in London, so mm. they're not going to be coming back. They're not like coming back to the studio. Um, a lot of the framers who were in studios aren't in London at the moment. Um, so I think it will be really interesting to see what happens, sort of September October, if we're ever told to go back to the workplace how that will then evolve because I think at the moment 
people's schedules from what I've seen are very um, erratic. Mm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens in, in September when kind of summer holidays kind of start to wind down a little. I think people people will go where the, the place that they feel the most comfortable and the most welcome. You know, and for Frame, we are all about, you know, making people feel good. So I think, you know, some people who may want a very black, dark room and be sheltered at, you know, Frame's not for them. However, people may be starting their fitness journey. I've really noticed a lot of brand new people to fitness. With This is a health pandemic. They probably think I need to get fit and healthy. Um, so I think there'll be a lot of people starting their fitness journey. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll be a really interesting time. Yeah, and you probably are thinking about maybe expanding the studios at the moment because you've got so many, like you say, 40-45% are online. So is that in the pipeline maybe in the future to spread across the UK because you're such a London-centric business at the moment? Well, yeah, we were. We had two sites that we were supposed to be opening as the pandemic. Okay. Oh. Um, they, they were in sort of legals. So, um, yeah, the plan is to still, to still get outside London and um, ideally sooner rather than later <laughs> yes well let's hope yeah <laughs> i mean london's quite saturated now but it will only naturally bleed out of the sides right and seep into other cities and hopefully as as uh, we're allowed out of this pandemic anyway because i'm certainly somebody who prefers a studio over my living room i mean i like to get escape the confines of my four walls and you know all the restrictions and and all of that so yeah and it's, it's a great place for meeting new people and and then you build in your lifestyle around it don't you? you visit that coffee bar you visit that you know shop or whatever it is and i think that's why frame does so well it's particularly sites like king's cross you've got you know all the new developments around there like colstrop yard and lots of kind of restaurants and you know haunts for people to explore yeah i mean i think that's always we've always said that we want to fit into people's lives it's mm-hmm. not about taking over people's lives i think you know, when people start doing exercise, they're quite, sometimes they get quite fanatical um, mm-hmm. and then they fall off the wagon and then they don't want to do it. And they say, I don't do fitness. So we kind of encourage people that they say, you know, how often should I be coming or I want to start? I say, well, how many times did you go last week? None. How many times have you been in the last week? Month, none. I'm like, well, why don't you just commit to one regular class a week and then stick to that? Mm-hmm. And then they do build the things around that one time rather yeah. than trying to think, okay, I'm going to go three or four times this week. Mm. And then all of a sudden they realise their lifestyle's completely changed and it's not what they wanted or their motivation wanes. So I think locations like King's Cross, for example, is great. It's like we have some people from the Guardian building, they're like, I'm going to come to work every Wednesday. Mm. And they come and do the class at lunchtime and they go out with their friends from work after work on a Wednesday So, you know, that's building it in. It's been part of your life. And I think that's the future of, like, wellness should be that it shouldn't take over and consume your life. It should be a part of your life. We're doing this so that you live a a great, healthy, long life. Mm. I mean, some people might want to be Olympic athletes. Probably (laughs) won't be training at frame. Um, But, you know, I think that's that's where our vision and purpose comes, is that we want to get more people moving. And it's actually to um, raise the quality of your life, not to take it over yeah absolutely which oh, means we'll going out for brunch which means of course espresso martinis and all that martinis <laughs> and all the good things just got to balance all the it good out things. It. exactly exactly we like to call that healthy hedonism over at dose and uh, you, I know you guys yeah it's a nice little way of uh navigating that <laughs> yes 
<laughs> having your cake and eating it I guess you could also call it but yeah thank you Joan so much for your time I know you're exceptionally busy and uh, uh, yeah just thank you for squeezing us in but thank you so much for having me If you have any questions about today's podcast, please drop us a line at hello at whateveryourdose.com.